Welcome to the Addiction Connection Podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. C.J. McMurray, or Mr. Biblical, as we call him, joins the pod today. Hi, C.J. How's it going? <laughs> Great to be good on have here. You, good to have you back. Yeah. And we also have, and I was going to say this about C.J.'s name. You just have a really cool name. CJ, that's cool. I don't know know about that. I like Quigley, Quigley Down Under. Now, Quigley, so yeah, Jim Quigley has a very cool name as well. You have the cool CJ. He has the cool Quigley, the last name. CJ Quigley, that's a pretty cool name. Like, that would be supremely cool. (laughs) That's That's why God didn't give you guys both of those names together. Yeah, I'd be way too, we'd be way too proud. Oh, yeah. yeah. My son is going to turn out to be one of the coolest kids in the world because his name is JP Quigley. JP Quigley. Ooh, yes. That's like, that is super cool. Yeah. He's going to, yeah, he's got me beat. I'm playing Jane Mark Shaw. You know, it's not, not a whole lot to that. But uh, <laughs> I like CJ, I like JP, and I like Quigley. So, yeah. Well, anyway. We like you, so yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just kind nice. of boring. speak for yourself. I think he's okay sometimes. So. Right. <laughs> well, we're reviewing a show. It's a fictional show. It's a Hulu original. It's called Dope Stick. This is episode three that we're going to talk about today. And we just have to do a disclaimer and a warning that this show is not Christian. There are words. There are suggested things in it. Um, even some things that kind of push the line that turn all three of our stomachs and you have to fast forward through some of the language. I just don't, I said that last time, I just don't appreciate the language uh, and the concepts. But what we, and the reason we're doing this is this is a very realistic portrayal of drug addiction. And yeah. All the things that go along with it, like from the pharmaceutical company, uh, from the district attorney, from the DEA, FDA, the regulators, the and then the the addict, the the doctor, the medical staff. I mean, they just they they comprehensively cover almost all the issues. I can't think of any stone they left unturned. Can you, Jim? No, I yeah, especially this episode. I mean, it seems like every episode, you know, they're always building on each other. But I mean, like I've I've said before, I, I lived in, you know, high aspect of um, the, the 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 pain pill, um, you know, issue. But man, this is really bringing back lots of real memories of real you know situations that I experienced, and I think you do it very accurately. Accurately to to CJ wasn't on the last show, but like I told you that. The acting in the 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 last episode where the girl um, Betsy goes out and she gets sick and then doubles her dose in her vehicle and then comes down and sits in the table in the camper and begins the euphoric look on her face like yeah like that was so real to me mm-hmm. um, that it, it was hard for me to believe that she wasn't feeling actually feeling the effects of the pain pills you know yeah and. And so we're critiquing the fictional account. We're not critiquing actual people, real people, or any of that. Just this fictional portrayal in the 
Hulu original series, Dope Sick. This is episode three. There was a book written by Beth Macy called Dope Sick that I this series is based on. And so uh, that's what we're doing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with scripture because I really, CJ kind of inspired this. So I really want to make sure we we ground people in the scripture. And, and I understand if people can't watch Dope Sick with us, don't watch it. Don't put it before your eyes if you can't, if you don't want to fast forward. And, uh, you know, it, it's there are people who should not watch this. And we, we get that. We're not we're not endorsing it. We're not telling you to watch it. Don't watch it. In fact, that's what I would say. <laughs> but there are so many themes to critique in this that that apply to drug addiction and then biblically. So I want to start with James 3.13. Thanks to CJ, Mr. Biblical McMurray. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works and the meekness of wisdom, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so, CJ, I'll throw it to you first. Your thoughts on this were there are several characters that in this episode in particular are really um, motivated by this bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in their own hearts. And it's not wisdom from above. It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom. Take it from here, brother. Yeah, I was. So as I watched this one, just that throughout, I just kept thinking about that verse and another one in first Timothy chapter six, that kind of could have went with either one, but it's really that whole idea of, and and I was really hyper-focused a little bit on Richard Sackler uh, and just his, you know, the way they depict his character in that movie It just everything like, that's just what drives him. He wants to be the man in the family. You know, there's just the Sacklers, you know, they're pretty, well-known, kind of wealthy, uh, successful by the worldly standards. And he wants to be the next kind of guy. Uh, and, you know, cause his, was it his uncle was the man before I think, and then he died. And so Richard just was driven and Oxycontin was going to be his ticket to put him at the top. And every, I mean, he was so just, uh, I mean, consumed uh, in a sense of like where, I mean, his whole identity was wrapped up in Oxycontin had to be, I mean, it was, his, that was, that was it. And if, and if it didn't work, then, I mean, he was good. I mean, I just, his whole, his whole meaning and his whole life was wrapped up in this and it just seemed like he was consumed and, and you could just see the way he treated people uh, throughout and even the, the sales reps uh, and uh, just at uh, Purdue and the way they were just continuing to push people to sell these to to doctors and pharmacies and all over the place. I mean, just the way the the what was her name? Who can tell me the the gal's name? Do you remember the sales girl? Yeah, the sales girl. 
What was her name? I should Jim? You know, I, I don't can't even think know her name. Okay. Because okay. I just I think can't of her as the, as the terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're kind of he's yes. awful. Oh, yes. awful, man. Very I mean, awful. Mm. I, mean, almost, I mean, I know she's depicting a character, but even, even her depiction is just so awful. It's like a little overboard. It's like, yeah, I, I know. I know there's people like that it, that really exist in this world, but like, I still want to like be believe that maybe there isn't. <laughs> Right. <laughs> She's yeah. that bad, you know. Well, and I, I think you'll you'll see a little softer kind of later, a little they they kind of show that she's not that she does have some heart somewhere underneath all that. But yeah. uh but it but it's still, I mean, I th- this is just the passage uh that just really stood out mm-hmm. as I thought about it. And it's really it just shows you uh again uh the verse that we've talked about a lot. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death, right? Uh, yeah. And th- this is where they're headed. And, and just all the damage that's done over selfish ambition. Like, I've got to get what I want, and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And all the collateral damage that you see just in this episode yeah. uh, is just, it's, it's heartbreaking. Well, it- it starts, this third episode starts with a pharmacy break-in. The guy throws yeah. the brick through the window, breaks in, steals Oxycontin, and, um, and, and that's where it starts. And, of course, they revisit that a little bit later. But, and then the doctor, I didn't notice this until I rewatched it. Dr. Phoenix, which is Michael Keaton, his character, he is joking about ending up in hell with this girl Betsy yeah. who is same sex attracted and um you know but they did pause for a second like oh, we might be wrong like i i thought that was a good portrayal like you know we're joking about this but hmm, we could be wrong i thought wow that that i like that that's a good you know consideration and of course we know they are wrong and these are just characters in in the show but uh but I thought he gave a lot of counsel. And then even with the um, the sales rep, Billy, the guy who's pursuing that other female sales rep, you know, trying to pursue her romantically or intimately or, you know, just awful. Right. Um, but he's given him advice and counsel, too. And so uh, that that's how it starts here in this first episode. Jim, I'll throw yeah, it to I'll- you. Yeah, I wanted to to comment on the uh, beginning scene. Now, um, um, I, I don't want to go. I don't want this show to become a uh, laundry list of of recommendations of movies not to watch. But any, I, I don't know if any guys were reminded about a movie that came out in 1989 when we saw that first scene. It just hit me right away. Uh, there's there a movie called Drugstore Cowboy. Actually, it came out oh. in 1989. Oh yeah, starring yeah. Matt Dillon. And yeah. uh, what what hit me was, um, you know, there was enough there was enough about opioid pain pill opioid addiction back in 1989 to make a Hollywood mm-hmm. star, you know, you know, movie called Drugstore Cowboy, yeah. where I can tell you that back then, um, um, back <laughs> then the uh, uh, the the number one I don't know if you guys watched the movie, um, but that. The number one drug um, uh, uh, in that movie to steal to get was Dilaudid. That was the that was the big drug to get from from mm. uh, pharmacies. 
And a little, little side note, um, when I've told my testimony, um, I was doing pain medication in, in Florida, I was doing Roxy cotton and the, they ran out of Roxy cotton because there were so many people on pain medication down there that, um, that, uh, um, they would, they would switch everybody's, you know, temporarily switch everybody's script prescriptions and, uh, to, um, they had switched them to Dilaudid and, um, and, uh, uh, I overdosed because that's what I had gotten. I had not, well, I wasn't used to it. And I overdosed, that's where I overdosed at my pastor's house on Dilaudid. Mm. But oh, anyway, Dilaudid. yeah. Wow. Um, um, uh, the, uh, the, the thought that, um, that, uh, there wasn't enough, you know, knowledge out there in the world that, um, that, uh, this could become a, a, a giant problem with pain medication to where they were making Hollywood movies about, you know, breaking into drugstores in 1989. Uh, right. you know, I didn't even mention that this show does a good job with the pharmaceutical stuff and the representation of that. Again, it's fictional. We don't know, but they show Purdue Pharma citing a study, a study that shows 60 milligrams or less of Oxycontin, Oxys, uh, and you can stop taking it without withdrawals. That's so that's what they're that's what they're telling the sales reps to tell the doctors in the medical world, hey, tell them 60 milligrams or less, you can stop taking this, you won't have withdrawal, which is not true. It's a Am I right. Yeah, I don't want to um, like so. I know that it's factual that they had that one report that said yeah. that uh, that uh, only ten percent or less than ten percent of people or one percent of people became addicted. I know mm -hmm. that was true. I don't know if this study is true, but I will tell you on a broader scale that if you've done any kind of look into research or like medical studies when they come to trying to prove this stuff it's almost like they can get any, anything to tell you anything, you know? Yeah. Um, um, That's I know true that statistics, the uh, bringing Prozac to market and this FOIA request, a uh, freedom of information act, you know, they needed like three, three, three uh, studies that showed that it benefited people. They actually did 10 studies. Seven of them were failures and they found three of them that, that proved positive. And those are the ones they reported to the FDA. Mm -hmm when they were testing the drug out and they were able to bring it to market. So I've talked to medical people who have said, you know, I was fooled by all this. Like that when they came out with a pain scale, you know, what's your pain zero to 10, which they still use today. Like you said, Jim, and, um, and the whole thing of, you know, you can, you can get off of this without withdrawal. People were fooled by this medical people believing, you know, the sales reps and Purdue pharma ultimately. And again, this is a fictional account where, critiquing here um but i i i really appreciated that aspect of this the 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 selfish ambition that we started with cj the the idea here that you know everybody is what what's sad about this whole series to me is there are very few souls who care about people mm. it seems like everybody in it is trying to make a buck. They're all in it for selfish ambition, this whole thing. And right. you just see that over and over in each character and the way they developed it. And if you want to see a depiction of sin, 
right before your eyes, watch this series. Mm. Right. Yeah. Total depravity <clears throat> on display. Yeah. Uh, you know, though, Doc, Doc maybe at least had, you know, a show they depict him as having at least a, he might be a guy that cares for souls, but he also doesn't have a, a biblical understanding <laughs> no. of souls. Yeah. And he's giving counsel. I said earlier, but he's not giving biblical counsel. He's just giving, right. you know, you do what, what you do, you do what feels good. Follow and, your heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's wicked. You know, it's, it's the wrong counsel. Yes. Um, but it looks to the world. Like he looks like the best guy in the show. Right. Oh, yeah, that, that, that is going to follow his character throughout. That's why right. there, there, there is a necessity these few, and I don't want to spoil it, you know, for those that haven't seen it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a necessity to build this guy up as you're, you're basically like we've talked about how the, the secular world, you know, mm-hmm. fundamentally looks at the human being in a wrong way because they, they, they figure that uh, they, they, they are, they, they, they look at humans as, as fundamentally good people, right? Mm-hmm. We are good people and have yeah. given the right set of uh, circumstances, the right environment um, we would we would naturally become um, just good people trying to help other people. Um, it's the the whole you know uh, utopia type, and he is this character. He is he is the secular view of a good person through and through, and that's going to um, that's going to have his life affected negatively um, by just circumstances, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we need to feel sorry for him because if we were just change the circumstances, then uh, he could continue being the good person that he actually is. Yeah. And that's the world's approach is, you know, it's Absolutely. all circumstances. It's all, you know, environment. That's why people get addicted. He, you know, that he's told by the sales rep, you don't have to taper people off, doc. They can get off 60 or less, no withdrawal. Yet he does taper off Betsy, the, the young girl with the hurt back who's lesbian <laughs> and um, he, he tapers her off. He offers it. She throws the pills in the dumpster and, you know, she's trying to get off this mess and it's, it's, she's sick as a dog and it's ruining her relationship and uh, relationships. And you start to see her release begin to turn toward the dark side of all the choices of, of drug addiction and, all that right. that entails for that young lady. So, uh, and I think it's important to tell our audience too what you see in Betsy. Uh, it, uh, I, I, in that moment, I, I thought was very real to me, and I've, I've actually done that a few times, like a bunch of times, where you tried where to quit, tried you to hate it. You really hate what these things are doing, right? Mm-hmm. And she, she, you know, nobly throws them in the garbage, and she goes and she tries to sweat it out. But this is the this is where, you know, this is where where people need to be empathetic to. There is a biological side to a drug addiction. And this is what it looks like. The 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 physical the physical part of it is very, very with with a with a desire to stop. You know, she has a desire to stop. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, the physical part is very, very powerful. Yeah. That's and that's the name of this episode, the fifth vital sign. You know, medical people will tell you there are four vital signs. You've got body temperature, pulse rate, respiration rate or rate of breathing, and blood pressure. Those are your vital signs. 
And now they're adding this fifth vital sign, which is actually a product of the Purdue Pharma Company, at least as it's portrayed in this fictional show. But it's not a medical thing. It's not a science thing. You're you're anti-science, Mark. You're anti-science. I I do (laughs) sound anti-science. He's he's not anti-accurate science. Just like they did the term... Yeah, I'm not anti-accurate science. Thank you, CJ, my defender. Um, They're coming up with yet another way to sell and to convince. And and it's fascinating. I mean, they're doing like the toppers contest. So they're trying to get their sales reps to be motivated to sell, to win this trip to Bermuda. You know, all expenses paid and that kind of thing. And Purdue, but Purdue has come up with this fifth vital sign and and they've gotten a doctor and a speaker to to talk about you know pain has been undertreated we need to look for a fifth vital sign we need to evaluate that and you you've got um just that whole dynamic you know we had breakthrough pain in the last episode that was the name of it that was something Purdue Pharma created a a phrase that apparently Richard Sackler at least the character in this in this show um, created that term, and his uncle Arthur created the psychic tension term. Mm-hmm. So they're creating words and terms that, when this guy, the district attorney guy, takes gets the um, surgery for his prostate. Oh yeah, they offer him oxycontin. Wasn't that a great scene? Awesome he's offered scene. oxycontin, and he's sitting there, and he's kind of out of it. He's in a lot of pain, and he's like, "I don't want oxycontin." You guys remember hey, that I- scene? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but it kind of reminds me of what they do at the hospitals now with fentanyl. They do that with fentanyl very yeah. much. There's yeah. a lot. It, 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 you, if you're not looking at it like we are, you'll miss in that scene. Um, so uh, so what we see in that scene is uh, um, the, 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 uh, the ridiculousness of the chart. Right. The the one to yeah, ten chart, yeah. because my wife's a nurse. And uh, if you talk to anybody in medical community, guess what? Everybody says when they're in pain and they go to the doctor, they go to it's the, like a nine they, or ten. Yeah. They, they say they, they will tell you it's a it's a ten. They'll tell you it's a twelve. They'll right. tell you it's twelve. Right. What did he say? What did he say? He said it's a, a thousand. thousand. He said it's a thousand. A thousand. A thousand. Yeah. And this guy kind of knows this guy knows, you know, I mean, he's. But he still is going to respond to the question. So it's a it's a stupid thing, right? I mean, it's totally subjective to the individual, the whole pain right. scale thing. It's not a new vital sign. Um, right. But we also see that it's a fictional fictional show, but it, it was a real it's it's a it's a depiction of the reality that they had changed the narrative to the level in the hospitals. They the guy said. A priority in that he said the doctor, the a priority in this hospital is is treating people's pain. That is a priority in this hospital. Right. 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 And, it, well, and it's still a, and that's still a priority today in real life and the hospitals, very much. That that has carried yeah. on into 2023 very much as a big part of and like you say, fentanyl is the one now. I, I thought the line of the episode was when the, the doctor, this pain doctor or this uh, hospital doctor who's treating his pain is like, this is a priority. Like you said, Jim, they, they flip the narrative and he goes, 
well, you know, can I get something other than than Oxycontin? And the guy says, well, Motrin, you know, and do 1,200 milligrams of Motrin, but it won't last you 12 hours. And the guy, the district attorney guy who just had the surgery goes, well, Oxycontin. neither does Oxycontin. Right. <laughs> That's right. I did too. And <laughs> even though Purdue Pharma is saying it does, you know, it's going right. to last you 12 hours. I thought, I thought, man, that's a great line. He's in excruciating pain, but he's 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 angry enough. I mean, again, I love the character development because this is a good guy who at the yeah. end is going to do the right thing. And he's laying there and he's, you know, who doesn't want to fix their pain? Right. And he's like saying, no, don't give me that. Give me something else. Because he's investigating it, he sees the damage, and I just thought, man, and and he's not a Christian in the in the show, but he's a morally upright, upstanding character. And I thought, man, that I like that, and I thought that was a great line. What'd you guys yeah. think? The Absolutely. other thing you saw in it is that he's aware. Oh, I think it. I think it's this scene um, of the the other new agenda that they have started at the beginning of the show. We I don't think we've mentioned yet is the is the uh, the individualized dose, right? Yes, I was wait. To, yes, to prevent to prevent breakthrough pain. So this is yeah. more the narrative. So we don't want people to experience breakthrough pain. So to 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 prevent it, um, let's individualize the dose. And and uh, I think they I think they said, yeah, let's give them twenty milligrams. And he said, what about what happened to ten? You know, yeah, yeah, it's in the hospital. He says, what about what happened to ten milligrams? You know. And, yeah. um, and, and the doctor's already aware of, no, no, we're individualizing your dose, you know? Right. Yep. Individualizing your dose, CJ. Yeah, they, that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're trying to get into the, we're trying to get into the 80. That's what we need. We just want them taking 80s all day long. 80. 80. 80. Well, and here's the yep. thing you end up, you know, I mean, that's, that's what people, how people use street drugs too. They individualize their dose, like as you, and I mean, and that's not good. And it will only, it continue to increase the, right. this, is, this is the same thing. This is why I, I hate to say it, but sometimes it's just like some of the stuff is just what it's really still dope, but it's doctor dope. Now I'll, I'll tell you this too. Um, this is something that you probably wouldn't know unless you had, you know, been a, a person addicted to these things before. This was what was so dangerous about the pain pills. Okay. So if you mm. have street heroin, right? If people, if you have street heroin, you never know, you know, what, what strength it is because you're right. getting it off the street. It's not. So what, what with pain pills, right? Yeah. You knew exactly what was in each one. Yep. So you would, you knew exactly how much you can push it each time. Like mm. as soon as your, as soon as your body got tolerant to one of them, you knew yes. you could try one and a half. And then as soon as you got one and a half, you could try two, you could try three, you could try yes. four. And that's how, that's how you got builds up to tolerance levels that were insane. I mean, absolutely insane. I tell people that I used to take 20 to 30 uh, Roxy's in a day. And they're like, how in the world? The only reason why people can't get to habits like that today is because they can't afford it. Right. Cause they, they're right. so expensive now. But yeah. I mean, I was able to push it and push it and push it um, to where you could take that many in a day. Right. That, yeah, that's kind of where I was going. So I don't even need to say you're, you're, no. you're spot on. C, CJ, you just hit, I mean, you guys both, but CJ, you just hit on the the whole part about the parallel between Dr. Dope, as you called it, CJ, and right. and uh, street dope. And there and 
they're bringing that parallel attention here because he breaks into the the pharmacy just to steal oxys only. That's the only thing he was stealing, at least mm-hmm. you know in this episode. And the sales rep is threatening the pharmacist if you stop selling OCs, um, you know you could get sued and and all this. You know the 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 oxycontin if he stops selling it because he's he he's wanting to just stop offering it. And so she's got that. And the DEA gal, um, Rosaria Dawson, I can't think, Bridget, I think is her name, but she, in the in the show, but she's she's talking to this sales rep and um, and then she's going to her boss and trying to pursue something here. And he's like, you know, you no cartel. There's no cartel. There's no drug cartel to pursue. And, um, and, and so they're showing this parallel that you guys had just talked about and Jim too, about increasing your dose and knowing what you can take and individualizing your dose. Yeah. That's, that's going on here too. All of that. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. And so you got all this stuff going on and then you have Sackler talking to his cronies or whatever you want to call him. It's family yeah. to push. He's all, he's really excited about pushing to start selling Oxycontins in Germany. So he's, he's ready to go nationwide. You know, he's just ready to, he wants to get bigger and sell more. It's just, and they're like, no, we, they have stricter laws. They have, and he's just, he's just, he's just going to continue to push just like a drug dealer does, just (laughs) like a street drug dealer does. That's right. That's why I thought your your passage about the selfish ambition of man was so appropriate because of those things. Because that that very scene, it's like you know, he was told in the scene in the first episode, you will never get a doctor to prescribe an opiate for moderate pain. He's mm-hmm. like, watch me, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to all the steps along the way, like you know, uh, should we tell the D, the D or the the FDA that Oxy is stronger than morphine. No, let's not clarify that. Um, let's put, let's 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 talk about breakthrough pain. Let's individualize the dose. Let's sue far, Let's threaten to sue pharmacists if they stop carrying our medications. Let's tell uh, let's tell doctors that that uh, this is non addictive. Let's get the FDA to to uh, change the labeling um, of this of this medication. Uh, let's double the dose for breakthrough pain. Um, mm. You know, let's go to Germany. And uh, I think, I think, it, it, you know, if you're not paying attention, you'll get lost. They, they want Germany because it's the hardest market, the hardest market to get a drug uh, through. Like to that's pass, what pass I, through. that's what I wanted to highlight. It's the hardest market because German culture, and this is so important in biblical counseling, German culture promotes that suffering is a part of healing right that you you pain is is necessary to heal and yet in american culture it's cover up the pain at all costs right definitely agree with the germans in that way uh, i agree more with them there yeah, yeah. I, and and biblically we would say um you know we don't wake up in the morning and pray lord today would you just grant Give me, me all pain kinds of suffering would you send me haters and people that would cuss me out and treat me horribly? And we don't, we don't, you know, we, we pray, God, wrap me in bubble wrap, 
help me to not <laughs> stub my toe against anything. You know, I don't want to hurt at all today. And yet, and, and suffering for the gospel is different than suffering for something stupid I say Amen. or do, right? But <laughs> suffering for the gospel is really what we want to be about. Like people of conviction and of morals and making godly choices that sometimes rub other people the wrong way. We don't intend to, you know, we intend to live our lives in freedom and, and, uh, and, and we see those things kind of eroding or being stripped away. And, um, yeah, and as believers, I just thought that was interesting. And yeah, Sackler is going after the market, the hardest market to get into. He He's insistent upon it. And again, it's this James 3, 13 through 18 that we read, but this, this selfish ambition in his heart. Uh, to be better than Uncle Arthur and yes. and more esteemed. And, you know, you just can't, you can't manufacture that. Just, mm. you can't. No, but that's the human, that's the human heart apart from Christ. And yeah. In so many ways, you know. <clears throat> so there's a, t- there's a tension in the show about, do we blame drug companies or do we blame the abuser and their heart? And CJ, talk a little bit about that. Well, it's funny that you just bring that up because I even even look thinking about the way Purdue man like when you look at the way Purdue manipulated and motivated these young sales reps, it was super wicked, right? You look at that and you're like, that's so wicked. Mm-hmm. Yet, don't we can't let the sales reps, those young sales reps, off the hook because right. that's that's what they want. They're going after this. They want to. They want money. They want pleasure. I mean, they're just, they're trying to make a name for themselves. And so those, they're simply giving them what they want by putting, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so they're competing and that this is just where their hearts are at. So no one, that's the whole thing. And no one is off the hook in this show. Like there's mm-hmm. no one off the hook. There's a responsibility that we all have. And, and, and I think that that's, that's, but that's, what's interesting about the show the way they try to depict the characters, and Jim, you've said this a few times, they they try to almost get some people off the hook, and there's an agenda here, and and some people are just kind of the victims. But I really don't see a lot of victims in this show. <laughs> there's yeah. there's there's sin, and and I mean that that's what's so amazing about some of these shows that really have no Christian biblical agenda, but you still see the depravity of man and their deep, deep need for the gospel to penetrate their hearts. But yet mm-hmm. they suppress the truth and their unrighteousness. That's, you know, Romans one, uh, they, that's what they continue to do is just suppress their truth and their unrighteousness. I, I agree that the, the, the uh, it's hard not to talk about the final agenda of this show, but, uh, but, paying attention to each one of these characters and how they're developed. Hmm. I think uh, the grand finale is that you have, you have, um, even though this is a fictional show depicting, um, you know, real things that happened uh, in our history, there is an ultimate agenda with this show. And uh, now rewatching and paying close attention to it. It's like, they do such a good job of using each character to, to build that, uh, up to that final agenda, which, you know, I'm not going to spoil it now what it is. We'll reveal what the final agenda is at the end. But um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it, this is a good this is a good depiction, whether it's a fictional show uh, 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 or not, of you know uh, right. people looking and viewing life through a secular lens, right? And yeah. uh, they right. they really do a great job with a with a terrible life life dominating problem, uh, which mm-hmm. we would call sin, and right. trying to make sense of that with their idea of what with, with, with their view of mankind being either moral uh born morally upright or neutral and and they they are just products of environment and circumstance you know so yeah and that's why i volleyed it to jim right there <laughs> right there. i mean did he hit a home run cj or what he did he did and you've already yeah. hit two or three yourself so it's good me, I've struck out a few times, but hey, I keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. we'll wrap it up. That tension is, you know, is it the drug company? Is it the drug abuser? They're kind of building that. And then uh, you see a different, I, I say tension. I'm not trying to create psychic tension here, <laughs> but a uh, bad, bad dad joke there. But um, but the the hospital tension here is they're pushing pain meds. As the fifth vital sign, you know, what's your level of pain? And then the doctor says something so interesting. I wrote this down. They're worried about their online reviews. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that part? I mean, it's kind of toward the end. And so he he talks about like, we're doing this because we get on. He's he's being honest. Like we we want good online reviews. And um, and I just think like everybody's in it for money. I, I hate yeah. to be that guy, but it, but it's just this, this, you know, James three, if you have a chance and you're watching read, read and study James three, 13 through 18. I read through it quickly in the beginning, but uh, that's really what's going on here at every level. And of course, in every episode too. Um, but I thought that was a, just a fascinating thing about the marketing research and distribution to doctors and these judges are saying, hey, we need more than just a, a video that you're claiming, you know, that they're saying the video that these guys put together to market the uh, the drug, uh, which definitely is is deceptive, but it's not enough. They need more. And so they get I think this is the document dump episode where all those documents are are dumped out, you know, truckloads of documents. Is, is this the episode where that happens? I, that's what I think, I think it is, but they're just going to drown in paperwork. Maybe that's coming later. Once they get the approval from the, the judge tells right. them they don't have it right now. They don't have. Oh, it. okay. Right now. All right. I got ahead of myself. They haven't brought me enough to, this is too broad of a, you know, to a, a request. And he said, you got to give yeah. me more than a video. Mm-hmm. So, so right. two more things to talk about here and we'll wrap up. The first is, I thought it was interesting, Michael Keaton's character talks to the same-sex attracted girl's dad Betsy's about dad. homosexuality. Yep. Yeah, Betsy. Yeah, Betsy. So he talks to Betsy's dad, and who then shares it with the family at dinner. Um, and I, I wrote, wrote, you know, born that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the daughter admits it, and she's saying she'll leave. Uh, that all that's kind of going on. And then 
so did you guys want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, here's here's Michael Keaton kind of inserting himself into the family, trying to be the good guy and help everybody, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, his, it, yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead Jim. Okay. He says, yeah, well, his exact line is research. Michael Keaton, Doc, Doc says, research says that's mm. just how they're born. Notice that. I, I mean, that line, it says, research yeah. says, well, hey, it sure isn't this kind of research. There's no research coming from this. Like, if you're going to do research, like, do a thorough research. Like, where does that research come from? What's the source <laughs> that's saying this is how they're born? You yes. Know? Uh, anyway, that's, that's the thing that I just, right away, it's like he, and there's that agenda. This is what research says. This is what the world right. says. This is That's, what the, you know, experts say. Nobody researches that source. And if they do, they go, I don't like what it says. I'm going to get rid of the Bible and right. do what I want to do. So, yeah, that's Amen. a great point. Jim? You know, I, I wonder how long this is going to be able to, to last in the social sciences when it comes to this stuff. But hmm. um, if you were if you were just an objective person, even if you're not a believer, Right. If you're just not a believer, if you're just a rational, objective person, if you were to look at what they claim is research proving, you would say there is no proof here because there isn't there. They, they don't have any proof. Right. They have they have a statement. Right. So yes. if you were to if you were to ask any uh, um any of them to 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 give you the okay so evidence where's proven. the evidence so what is the evidence that this is they would just get they would give you a word salad and you'd go in a big circle that, that's all you would do and exactly. and i'm not i'm you know I, i'm obviously a christian and i you know make no bones about that and i believe that the bible is accurate about that um <laughs> um but uh i also think i could be a rational objective person and put myself in their shoes and say they have no answer. And the, the amount of people that accept it as an answer is, and I, I will have to say this on, on, in pro professing Christians too, there's a lot of professing Christians that accept the research, the research, the evidence, because they've just heard someone say it. And really all it does is it plays on a desire. That's why it's so powerful. Yes. Right? People have a desire to make sense of behavior and not have to call it sin. Right. right. And not Even take Christians, responsibility. They don't want to have to call it sin or bad. Right. They right. don't want to say that this person needs to repent before God. They want to be able to say, no, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with this. That's why the, the, the lines get this further and further blurred when it comes to just regular morality with these, these statements. Research says or right. it has been proven, or yeah. experts believe, you know? Right. Yeah, they believe. That's exactly right. They believe based on their belief. That's basically what it is. It is a belief. And people are looking for something that bolsters their already belief. Yes, you know? exactly. They already have made a decision, and they want something that that reinforces that I do the same thing from time to time. Myself. But moments like Amen. this continue to just, 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 uh, just to, uh, to, to make a concrete example of how important it is to understand that Michael Keaton, Dr. Phoenix 
is being he is being built up as basically the perfect human in this mm-hmm. for and, and it, they need this character they need this character for the agenda of the show yeah absolutely boy jim is just good at cliffhangers cj yeah he is he is well how about what doc says though like to, to the dad where he guilts him but doc says just remind him that his love for his kid is greater than anything in the world. Mm. So, so instead of standing on truth and speaking truth and love, it's you, you just need to remind him that his love for his kid is greater than anything in the world. Yeah. So it's that idea of the loving, the loving thing to do is to just, just love them no matter who they are and don't, don't speak truth. You know what I mean? It's this, it's this yeah. idea that, Tolerance. It's again, it's this kind of idea that the tolerance is the key and you just need to love kind of conquers all and truth doesn't matter at the end of the day. That's kind of what you're getting there. Do you guys remember when he said that? I did not until you said it. And I remember Jesus teaching. I'm trying to find it here. Luke 14. Now, great verse 25. Now, great crowds accompanied him, Jesus, and he turned and said to all these people. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, uh, children, wait a minute, that goes against CJ's point, children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And, and he goes on to teach, but, he, but he's basically saying, you've got to love me and obey my word above and over your own love for children and other people. It's going to look like hate, but you have to obey me and love me and pursue me, confirming your point that the show is trying to say, hey, love them, accept them. And and yeah, we love our kids. We want to accept them. We want to, you know, and their struggles and all that, but we have to speak truth to them too, because we we want them to to know the truth and and let the truth be what sets them free and, Mm. and for them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So um yeah, it's a it's a tricky, tricky thing here. These are sticky, sticky issues. And um as we wrap up the last thing, and, and Jim, I think this is pointing to your overall agenda deal here, but the episode ends with Dr. Phoenix, Michael Keaton, getting in a car accident, mm. and he's asked on a pain scale. And he, I think he says five and he gets 20 milligrams of Oxycontin as an individualized dose. So the whole <sighs> thing ends with that. Isn't that something? Oh yeah. And clever. You, oh yeah. Very clever. The good doctor is now being, he's going to, he's getting set of the circumstances it. out of his control. He was in a car accident. Yeah. You know, can't help it. He was given an individualized dose, which was encouraged by, mm-hmm. By all the research and experts. Yep. Boy, what's going to be next? I can't wait yeah. till next week. Even though, even though I will say, push back on it a little bit, even though they have portrayed his character as being very suspicious about this, even against the experts, you know. Yes. So in that moment, right, he probably doesn't even listen to his own conscience yep. um, because, you know, because. And, uh, you know, just to, I know, uh, I wanted to say back on the, the love and hate the children, just remind me of that scene that we brought up at the beginning of the show where Dr. Phoenix is just trying to be the neutral good guy. 
Mm. And she says, my parents will tell, will tell me I'm going to hell. And he says, well, do you believe that? And, you know, and she says, well, I don't think so. You know, what is the most loving thing to do in that moment? So they're, they're, they're choosing a side, they're choosing a side. Right. But uh, if the reality was, you know, cause they, what does she say at the end? She's like, well, well, maybe they're right. And I will go to hell, you know, well, maybe, you know, I mean, really, I mean, what are you playing with there at that moment? You know, but they are choosing sides. So the most loving thing is to let people come up with their own, belief system that's the most loving thing well sure it goes back to your favorite song jim imagine Imagine. yeah the beatles imagine that would be nice you may have to explain such a terrible song it's such a terrible terrible song i know (laughs) yeah but i mean trust me i love the tune just like everybody else i've listened to it and i've sung along with it but the words are absolutely horrendous they're horrendous explain it you know and and i love how the new the new testament talks about satan as an angel of light a lot of times we think oh he's a devil with a pitchfork and it's obvious but here's that tune imagined by john lennon that is a beautiful song musically melodically but the messaging the words to that song are what you're talking about you guys are saying it's an awful awful message of just yeah, yeah. People need to read the lyrics on the song. The Communist manifesto. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's your homework. So <laughs> listeners, there's your homework. Well, we Tell are not. We are not doing this simply because we're trying to be edgy. In fact, we want we want to be the least edgy people out there. Our message, the gospel's already edgy enough. Amen. Amen. And it's a rock of offense and so forth. But um, but we think there are some really worthwhile themes and ideas to discuss here and things that are going on today, as, as CJ pointed out. This this is not something that you just need to, to not be a, to have a discerning eye toward because this is affecting, I mean, every area of life. Yeah. I mean, Amen. just just incredible um, what God's called us into to be a voice for him in the world of addiction. And we're definitely the minority voice. You know, if, if you wonder what it's like to be a minority, believe what we believe and you'll find out. I mean, yeah. I mean, there aren't many people that, that believe what we believe. And so um, we are trying to be faithful to God, to talk about some really hard things, utilizing this show to bring out these themes and these ideas um, but I, I, I think the show's well done. I, I wish that it wasn't as dirty and some of that, but that's the raw world that that drug addiction lives in. So, yeah. um, but but that's that's kind of our heart here, and I hope people understand that. Final words, guys, and we'll wrap up. Yeah, just to fall, just to kind of go in line what you're just saying. You know, um, I think it's very appropriate we talk about this show because this is the frontline kind of ministry we've been called to. But I'll tell you, I think that you guys would all agree with me. We wish we did our ministries didn't exist, right? We, we wish the necessity for our ministries didn't exist. <laughs> and a show like this gives us a, 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 a um, an opportunity to 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 talk in greater detail about about the difficulties when it comes to um, the, the the front line of addiction. I mean, addiction is a very, very difficult um, ministry to be called to to serve in. 
And, um, and this is one of the difficulties is that the secular world's influence on it is just, it's almost, it's diabolical. It's diabolical, really. It is. They've dismissed drunkard and biblical words like idolater and all of that and made it a disease and made it something that, that really is uh, wicked. So CJ, final words, you get them. Final Final words, simple, is I'm just super thankful for the addiction connection and the fact that you have Jim down in North Carolina, you have you, Mark, down in Kentucky, and we have people scattered throughout the world that are that have this biblical perspective and that are bringing biblical truth and gospel hope to people that are struggling with addiction, and that's what lasts, and so I'm just super thankful and just to be a co-laborer in the addiction connection and be a part of what God is doing. And I, I, that's really all I have to add. I'm just thankful to be a part of this team. So well, we're yeah. thankful for you and Iowa and what you're doing. And it is, it, I, I'm, I'm really amped up about the addiction connection in 2023. We've got our summit in August and some other things coming, but I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, so I I can't wait to talk about some of that. So we'll get through all eight of these episodes. This is episode three today. We're going to hit episode four next. Or no, this was, yeah, this is yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. I got turned around there. Then we'll hit four, five, six, seven, eight, and then uh, talk more about upcoming TAC stuff in the days ahead. So nice. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you being a part because TAC is you guys. It's all of us. And we have a really neat, network a really neat family of of believers and, and and we say that because we're our family we're brothers in christ and hopefully we'll get more sisters and and other folks on here different ethnicities and all of that because it's it, we're one big happy dysfunctional family that loves jesus so amen right. amen amen, amen. <laughs> all right see you guys have a great day god bless yeah. you see god ya. bless no awkward waves I need to see oh, an awkward. I, I did one earlier. I did one earlier. I put my. I love away. that they always get Mark. I love that Mark is always the one. <laughs> Some dumb face. <laughs> yeah, I, I like our new song too. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I think we should have a we are family. All my brothers and sisters.